Take your Bibles and turn with Matthew chapter 19. Matthew chapter 19. It's good to hear testimonies. You know, the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I used a verse this morning about being ashamed. If we're ashamed of Christ, he'll be ashamed of us. You should never be ashamed to stand up and break on the Lord for what he's done in your heart and life and saving you. you say, well, preacher, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've told it before. People don't want to hear it. Uh, you might be surprised. In fact, it's so important that I think that we all tell it at every opportunity we get. That's why that, that uh, I've told mine so many times. You say, well, yeah, but you're a preacher. Well, I've told mine so many times that uh, Christy made a plaque and, and on, I've got it sitting up on my bookshelf. It says, in the middle of May, on a Wednesday night, 1975, because I always started out that way because that's when, I, that's when it was, in the middle of May of 1975, on Wednesday night, amen? And uh, the fact is, is that I don't want my, here's what's sad. I preach enough funerals, and, and brother, brother, brother Auger has too, that you begin to talk to families when somebody dies, and maybe it's somebody you don't know, but you ask them generally this question, did they know Jesus Christ their Savior? And you'd be surprised how many times that people say, well, I think so. They were a good person, or uh, they was really good, or, or they went to church. And they have never, ever heard their salvation testimony. That's sad. That's sad. That is real sad. I don't care if on my tombstone you put in the middle of May of 1975 on Wednesday night. And that's all you put. That's all I care. Amen. Just put it down there. But the fact is, people ought to know. And your family for sure ought to know about your salvation. Knowing that you're going to heaven, that's the greatest thing that you've got. It don't get any better than that, amen? And boy, I tell you what, to stand up for the Lord, he stood up for us and he went to the cross for us. At least we can do a stand and talk about how that he snatches from the burning. Keep us from going to hell. Well, amen. That has nothing to do with the message tonight. <laughs> but you grab them when you can, Amen. Matthew chapter 19, if you would please stand for the reading of God's word if you're able to. We'll begin reading in verse 16. Behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good things shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. He saith unto him, Which which, and Jesus said, Thou shalt do no murder. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou uh, honor thy father and thy mother. And thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. The young man saith unto him, All these things have I kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? And Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, Go and sell that thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. When the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great riches, or great possessions. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you, that, rich man shall, that a rich man shall uh, hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And again, I say unto you, it is easier for, for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. 
When his disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed, saying, Who then can be saved? But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have therefore? And Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you that ye which have followed me in the regeneration when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, ye also shall sit upon twelve thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And every one that, forsaketh, that, that hath forsaken houses or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my namesake shall receive an hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting life. But many that are first shall be last, and the last shall be first. Look with me back in verse 27. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. Notice what he says. What shall we have therefore? What shall we have therefore? Could I preach you a message tonight that I've titled, What's in it for me? Let's pray. Father, we come to you. Lord, we thank you for the salvation testimonies tonight. What a blessing. What a great blessing it is to hear people stand up and, and tell about the time that, that you saved their soul. Help each of us, Lord, to never be ashamed, but also, Lord, to share with others what you've done in our hearts and lives. Now, Lord, bless the preaching of thy word. Strengthen us, guide us, be with us, Lord. May you be glorified, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You be seated. If, if I could come to you tonight and say, uh, if you give me a dollar, for every dollar that you give me, I will return unto you $100 for every dollar. If you give me $2, I'll be able to return unto you $200. And I will guarantee it. First of all, you'd look at me and you think, well, he's crazy. The preacher done went off the wrong, wrong side and he's going to take my money and probably go somewhere and be gone. But if I could guarantee it and you believe that what I had to say, and I tell you, for every dollar that you give me, I'll return to you $100. Would you be interested in that? Be honest with me. You would, wouldn't you? You'd be interested in that. So yeah, I said, I would probably go and see if I could get as much money as I possibly could, give it to you. And then if you didn't, then I'm going to take you out and shoot you. But anyway, if you knew for a fact that, we could, that it would be returned. Tonight I want to talk about something. And I'm not talking about money necessarily. I'm talking about treasures in heaven. The Lord told the men there, the apostles, as he was talking with them, that he shared, they heard what was taking place. And after the rich man had come, and no doubt Peter began to, to think about what he would have in heaven because the rich man wouldn't give up what he had there to, to gain what he might gain. And the Lord Jesus spoke of the treasure that the rich man would have if he would get rid of what he had here Give it to the poor, take care of those, and follow him. 
Verse 21 says, Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, and go and sell that thou hast, and give to the poor, thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. It talks about having a treasure. So Peter, he begins to think upon this, and he begins to realize, hey, listen, I've, I've, I give up my fishing job. I give up what I was making a living at doing. I've got a family. You say, well, preacher, how do you know that Peter had a, had, had a family, had a wife? He had a mother-in-law. I don't think you want one of those unless you got a wife, amen? <laughs> the fact is, is that he began to think about what Jesus had just said to this man, that if he would make that sacrifice and come follow him, that he would have treasure in heaven. So Peter begins to put two and two together, and he begins to think, well, if he was going to get treasure, what have I got? And so he asked the Lord this, what shall we have therefore? Just as hell will not be the same for everyone, there will also be some differences in heaven for those that are there. Heaven be be great for all who are there, though. Don't get me wrong. In fact, 1 Corinthians 2, 9, he says, that, But as, as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Talk about heaven and all the, the blessings and all that he has there. And even now, if you look at that scripture, it's even talking about now, but mostly about heaven, what we're going to have in heaven. Heaven's going to be a wonderful place for all who have received Jesus Christ as their Savior. Amazing beyond belief and, and for those who are saved and entered into heaven. But there's going to be some differences according to how we live down here for the Lord. Notice the answer that Jesus gives Peter and, and the disciples uh, here in, in, chapter 20, or in, in chapter 19. He says, And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto you, that ye which have followed me in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory. And he's talking about the millennium, the earthly kingdom here that be set up during that period of time. Ye also uh, shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And he's talking about that. He said, Listen, it's going to be a little bit. He said, I'm going to set you, the apostles, upon 12 thrones to judge Israel. Not everybody's going to get to do that. Verse 29 says, And everyone then, he says, that have forsaken houses or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my name's sake shall receive an hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting life. But many that are first shall be last, and last shall be first. The Lord Jesus begins with the twelve apostles, as I said, and he tells them that they'll sit on the thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. That, and as I said, that would be during that, that millennial reign. No one else is going to get that opportunity. But then the Lord says in verse 29, and everyone, and he begins to deal with what the rest of us would receive also. And they'll receive us too. And notice what he says in the last part of that verse. He says, shall receive an hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting life. You said, man, I, I preach it. Uh, if, I, you know, if I forsake my children, I don't need a hundred of them. If I forsake my, my wife, I sure don't need a hundred of them. <laughs> He's not talking about receiving a hundred of those things. He's talking about that, the, that it, when you make that sacrifice, it'll be a hundred times greater return from him than the sacrifice that you make. Just like I said, if, if you give me, if you give me that, that dollar, 
And if I could, I wish I would, able to, I could take it and, and return unto you $100 for every $1. He said, listen, he said, for everything that you sacrifice. He said, everything in your life that you turn unto me, he said, it's going to come back a hundredfold into your life if you live for me and, and, and follow after me. Now, the Lord wasn't interested in, in what man can do necessarily to, to build up a kingdom here for himself. He wanted man to, to serve him. But the expression shows each of us that we're going to receive far more than what we sacrifice here. God's ways is not man's ways. We preached on that just recently. That There in Isaiah 55 and verse 8 and 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For the, heaven is high, the heavens are higher than the earth, and so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Many times here in this life, man is esteemed by what he has, by his wealth by his lands, by his houses, by his education, and so on goes the list of things that we esteem people by their popularity and different things of that nature, their position, maybe in a corporation or in a factory or, or whatever, and we esteem them above others. But that's not the way God does it. Notice he makes an analogy here of, of the rich young ruler compared to those who have given to the Lord what they can give. Verse 30 says, but many that are first shall be last, and the last shall be first. Otherwise, he said, yeah, this young ruler, he may have great wealth, he may have great riches, and he may be something here on this earth, and everybody looks at him and says, wow, man, look what he's got, and, and boy, he is something. And he may be in first place here. He may be able to step to the front of the line when he goes somewhere here. He might be able to get the, the best deal on something because of who he is. He may be able to, to uh, 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 gain something else because of his great wealth. But the Lord says, those of you have, who have given, who have sacrificed, he said, you may be, feel like you're in last place here and people may look down upon you because you don't have anything as, as far as the world's eyesight and the world's view because you've put everything into reaching the lost and you've put everything into living for God and you've made those sacrifices and you've, you've turned towards the things of God and away from the things of this world and they look down upon you and they, you may think that you're in last place. But he said, I want you to know something. One of these days, he said, he that is first shall be last, and he that is last shall be first. He said, that rich man, if he was able to make it to heaven by putting his faith and trust in Jesus Christ, and he didn't, he didn't he's going to be in last place. You see, there's some rewards in heaven. Revelations 22 and 12, he says, And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me, to give, er, to, er, to give every man according to his, as his work shall be. Heaven will be a place of rewards for those who have received Jesus Christ as Savior and, and lived for Him here on earth. You know, we, we, we've got this mentality that's going around today that, and, and I see it in the schools, I see it in different things. Uh, we give out what we call participation awards. What are they for, preacher? Doing nothing. Because we don't want to hurt somebody's 
psyche that he came in last. And because we do that, we have taken away and stripped away every incentive for them to achieve. We've moved beyond the reward system of achieving. And so what, what we've done today is, you know, and it's like, it's like the, these, in some, in some uh, of the, uh, the, the ball games, uh, the little kids' ball games, I mean, there's no winners or losers. Everybody's just there to hit the ball. Boy, we're just going to have a good time. And those kids don't have a drive to do what they need to do to improve. When our kids were little, like every good parent, we'd play games with them. And I'll be honest with you, I'd whip the socks off of them in the game. My wife said, why don't you let them win? I said, why? I want to win. Yeah. <laughs> you want me to go around and say, hey, my three-year-old beat me in this game, you know? Yeah, once in a while I'd let them get the upper hand, but when it come down to finally winning... I'd play like they was an adult. Why, preacher? That's kind of mean. No. Because they learned how to lose. You want a problem day with a lot of the kids are? They've never learned how to lose. And they always think that they ought to be the winner. And that's not life. It's not in my notes. I just thought I'd throw it in. You got to learn how to lose once in a while. I see kids in the public school lose, and it's like, what's the matter? Are you bleeding? I lost. What'd you lose? Did you lose a million dollars? No. Paper, rock, scissors. <laughs> they don't know how to lose. And I probably shouldn't say this because it's going, it's going out live stream, but there's one day a, a child on the bus said, Bus driver. I said, What? So-and-so won't talk to me, won't look at me. I said, good. <laughs> and I looked in the mirror, she goes. <laughs> Why'd you do that for a preacher? Why didn't you tell him, look at her and talk to her? I really didn't want to look at her and talk to her, to be honest with you. <laughs> Because it's life. Lord doesn't give out show up awards. There's true rewards for how we live and what we do. And it's based on how we live for the Lord. These rewards will possibly be given 
during the marriage supper of the Lamb. Matthew chapter 10 verse 41 says, He that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he that receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. Different type of rewards. Not everybody necessarily is going to receive that reward. There are many different rewards to receive, but it will be according to that we did here on earth with, with and for the Lord. In Revelation 22, 12, it says, And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me. But he says also, To give every man according as his work shall be. Otherwise, how you lived here, what you did with your life, what you did with what God gave you. Not everybody has the same uh, things given to them in this life and, uh, by God and, and different things. But he said, what you, you're responsible for what God has given you. And what you do with it. Just say we could go, we could talk about the talents. Some was given ten talents, some given five talents, some given uh, one talent or two talents or whatever. And, and, they, and, and it was given to different ones, but they was held accountable for what they were given. But they also received a reward. If they use that money or that talent, it is a talent, it was, it was speaking of a type of uh, a denomination of money. They were given reward according to how they used it. It's also possible, listen to me now, it's also possible to lose your rewards because of how you live here. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 8, he says, Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his labor. There it is again. For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry, ye are God's building. According to the grace of God which is given unto me, a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another buildeth thereon. But notice what he says, but let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. He said, don't just float through this life and just build any old way your life and just do any old thing with your life. He says, take heed, you're a Christian You've got the right foundation. You have Jesus Christ as your foundation. He said, now, take heed how you build on that. What you're going to do with that life. He goes on and he says, for other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it. This is the judgment. This is standing before the Lord. Because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. But then he says, if any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so is by fire. So it's not a matter of judging whether you're saved or not. That's already been settled. But there's a judgment of what your rewards are going to be. There's a judgment of what you did in this life. There's a judgment of how you live for the Lord. According to that, you will receive reward according to how you lived. We're admonished in the verse 10 to be cautious how we build, as I said, and what we build with our lives. 
those things which we do for the for the applause of man and, and are, are only surface level or eye level of man so that they can see it and brag on us. They're called wood, hay, and stubble. And it's going to burn up one day in heaven as they are tried by the fires of God. Do you know that a lot of things that we do as a Christian sometimes, if we're doing it just to be seen or for the applause of man, yes, it may be the right thing to do, but if we're only doing it with the wrong reasoning behind it, hey, listen, someday as we stand before the Lord, that's going to be wood, hay, and stubble. When the fire's put to it, it's going to burn up. There's not going to be anything left of it. There's not going to be any reward. And God's going to say, hey, listen, that's just the minor things. He said, those are things that you should have done that did not necessarily was a reward for. Hey, listen, those are things that you did so that people would applaud you. So we can lose some of the rewards. They're going to be tried by fire. We need to build for eternity, not just now. And to, and to do so, we must build with that which is counted by God as gold, silver, and precious stones and going to endure the, tri the trying fires of God. Sometimes the things done here to impress others concerning our spiritual standing will be nothing before God. In fact, in Matthew 6, 2, he says, Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, otherwise giving, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may, uh, may uh, have glory of men. Verily I said to you, they have, received, they, they, they have the reward. Otherwise, he's saying when the offering plate comes by, it's like, hey, and it's a... Now, I know it looks like a $1 bill, but it's really a, 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 a one in $1,000 bill. Hey, 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 uh, I, got, I, I, need to put this, uh, I need to put this in the offering. Would you bring the offering over here, the, the, the plate? I need to put this in there. God's blessed me. I know you don't make that kind of money, but God has blessed me. You want to smell it? There you go. I'm putting it in the plate. I'm giving it to God. I want everybody to know that I love God. He says, you've received your reward. Because everybody's seen it. And you did it so that people could see it. He goes on and he talks about others. He said, when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have the reward. Otherwise, they, they get where the, the crowd is and they want everybody to hear them pray. And they, they pray these great swelling words that sound all everybody's like, oh, wow, did you, have you, have you ever... I'm telling you what, God is probably sitting up there saying, wow. So, no, you've got your reward. Because all you're interested in is people clapping for you and thinking that you're something. Verse 16 of the same chapter, he says, Moreover, when thou fast, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance. For disfigure their faces that they may appear to, unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. He's saying, you know, when you sacrifice for God by fasting, and, and this goes beyond just fasting, but when you do something for the Lord and, and, your, and everything, he said, you don't just do it and go, well, I, I would take you out to eat today, 
Blake, but I'm fasting. I'm afflicting myself for the Lord. Got these great things I'm praying for. Otherwise, I would take you out, get you a steak, <coughs> baked potato. Oh. Can I sit down? I'm, I'm weak from fasting. Pray for me that I'll be able to handle the fasting. But I'm doing it for God. I love the Lord. He said, when you make a show of it, he said, you got your reward. He said, God's not interested in that. That's your wood, hay, and stubble. That's going to burn up. We need to be seeking to lay up treasures in heaven, though. Treasures that will last. In Matthew 6, verse 19, it says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up your, for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. A life lived for the honor and the glory of the Lord lays up treasure in heaven. When you truly are living for the honor and glory of the Lord, there's, there's treasures laid up in heaven. When you begin to try to reach others for Christ, whether it's by uh, giving them the gospel or, or telling them about your own, own uh, salvation and by inviting them to church or maybe giving them gospel tracts and whatever it is that you're doing, trying to, to bring them to a place, whether they get saved or not, there's going to be treasures in heaven. Daniel chapter 12 verse 3 says, and They that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. They that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever in heaven. Can you imagine? I think of different ones over the years that have led people to the Lord and then that person leads people to the Lord. And some of the great preachers of times going, whoever it was that led people like Spurgeon to the Lord, whoever it was that led people like Moody and, and Tory and, and, and Fanny and, and these great preachers uh, and different ones and missionaries and, uh, to the Lord, they're going to shine. People say, well, boy, I'll tell you what, look at Moody. Yeah, but I'm going to tell you what, you better look at the person that led them to the Lord. They're going to shine like the stars. Forever. A reward in heaven. Why? Because God said, I'll reward you for what you do here. He said, I want you to live for me. He said, there is a reward in it. I've heard people, when preachers have preached on the rewards before and everything like that, I've heard people say, I don't want any reward. I just want to get to heaven. I just want to be around Jesus Christ. Can I say something about without being mean? You're an idiot. Well, that's not spiritual. Want rewards. Do you think that if, if it wasn't something God wanted to give to us and wanted to do for us, that He would have put it so many times in the Word of God, so many different places about treasures in heaven and laying up treasures in heaven and, and the rewards in heaven and and so on? No. 
because he wants you to understand that. He wants you to know that, that he's going to reward you for living for him. Many times we don't realize those who are going to receive rewards. We look at this, maybe a little old lady or this different ones, and we think, oh, boy, I'll tell you what, the, the, you know, the, well, what are they going to get in heaven? You might be surprised how many people they've prayed for and how God has poured out his power upon preachers and different ones and missionaries because of, of what they did. Can you imagine what it would be like in heaven one day? You're looking around. Boy, Lord, you said, I have not seen or ear heard, neither has entered in the heart of man which you have prepared for those that love God. Wow. And then you hear a voice. Hey, you remember me? Do you know who I am? Nah, I don't think so. When I was just a snotty-nosed Junior boy, causing a ruckus down in the Sunday school class. You was my teacher. You didn't think I was listening. And I seen that day when tears was rolling down your face when you was talking about Jesus Christ dying on the cross for me. And I've never forgotten it and I got saved. I want you to know that you made an impact in my life. What a treasure. What a treasure. Somebody may say, hey, hey, you know who I am? Ryan, you say, no, nah, I don't know who you are. <laughs> well, you never met me. But I was in Uruguay. And you sent money. You helped a missionary come there. And they gave me the gospel. And because you sacrificed, you remember that time that Lord laid it on your heart, even though you had this bill and this bill come up, and the Lord laid it on your heart, and you gave that amount of money to send to that missionary because you felt like he really needed it? I got saved. My preacher, Brother Parker. He used to, sometimes he'd go, he made this statement one time. I'm not going to get it exactly right. But he'd give money to missionaries, to preachers, to people. He said one time, he said, maybe it's a $20 bill. It might have been 100 don't Brother Parker. Or it might be more than that. As he'd wad it up and maybe, don't shake my hand. And maybe leave it in their hand. And he'd tell himself in his mind, maybe that $20 bill, that $100 bill, I'll see you in heaven. I'll see you in heaven. Not the money but the results of what he just did. The kindness of his heart, the desire to reach lost souls, the opportunity to encourage people towards Christ. 
the opportunity to, to put a missionary on the mission field or to buy Bibles or tracts or, or, to, or to just lift up somebody in the church that, that was down to encourage them in the Lord. He said, I'll see you in heaven. And he wasn't talking about the money. He was talking about the results of it. The results of it. So often, we miss opportunities to lay up treasures in heaven. Giving of what we have for the kingdom of God to go forward. I, it brings treasures to our account. And I, I use that as an example of money, but can I tell you that there's so much more that we can give than money at our time. The most, one of the most valuable things that you have in your life is not what you carry in your billfold or what's in your checking account. But your time. You can replace what's in the bank. You can replace what's in the billfold. But you can't replace time. We only have so much of it. And only God knows how much of it we've got. And oh, how we should take the opportunities that he's given us with the time that he's given us to live for him, to magnify him, the talents that he's given us. Uh, you say, well, preacher, what's your talent? I don't, I don't know that I've got any, but I'm telling you what, I'll do anything I can. Possessions. It may be your car that you go pick somebody up in and bring them to church and, 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 and you go and put that, that liquid gold in there every week and you go pick somebody up and, and you, you take them to church and it's a possession that you're using for the honor and glory of God. It might be sitting down at a meal, having somebody over after the service. They've got a visitor come in, and, and then God's been dealing with their heart, and they're lost. And, and you bring them over to your house, and you say, hey, I want you to come to lunch with me today. And you take them to your house, and you, you set them down, and you, you cook that, that, uh, that uh, $14 eggs for them and something, you know. And, and, you, and you, you fix that meal for them, and, and you put it down, and you sit there, and you visit with them across the, the dinner table. And, and boy, I tell you what, uh, you've invested in it. And, and God says you'll not go without a reward and, and you're bringing them closer to Jesus Christ and one day because of the fellowship, because of the caring, because of the time, because of what you invested in them, they get saved and they're on their way to heaven. Possessions. Using your house maybe for to have a Bible study. Yes, your finances, your tears, your love, a heart for others brings back treasures in heaven. But the greatest of all these is, of all this, is that for us to be found in the last part of verse 29 there. He said, so you'll receive a hundredfold. But then he said, and shall inherit everlasting life. He said, I'm going to reward you. But he said, the greatest of that is going to be everlasting life. Can I ask you tonight? So what is it in it for you? Peter said, what's in it for me? 
I've sacrificed. I'm following you. What's in it for me? What's in it for you? That will be determined in your life and my life by how we live for the Lord. We won't know until that day we stand before Him. But He's made a promise to us that we could lay up treasures now. We could go through the Scripture. We could see crowns and different things that are be given. And these things will be taken and cast at the feet of Jesus. What are you doing to lay up treasures in heaven? What are you doing to lay up treasures in heaven? Preacher, I'm just kind of leaving that up to everybody else to take care of those things. Boy, have I got a deal for you. One that pays off a hundredfold. And the backer of it is the Lord Jesus Christ. I think the return is secure. I don't think you have to doubt it. Invest everything you can into it with your life. Life is short. Use it for the honor and glory of God. Let's bow. Father, I thank you for loving us. Thank you, Lord, for the blessed hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Lord, what's it in it for us? More than we can ever imagine. More than this preacher could ever preach. More than we could ever understand from the Scripture. If we'll but live for you and serve you and magnify you in our lives and let you use us for your honor and glory. Lord, to see souls saved. My. Lord, to see Jesus Christ magnified. Let it be a desire of our hearts and help us, Lord, to lay up treasures in heaven for thy glory. For this we ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand tonight with your heads bowed?